Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us again on NFL Insights. We're in week 10 now. This is episode 9. Brennan's coming off a 9-4 and record last week, and we're going to get right to it with the NFC East quote-unquote battle between the 3-4-1 and Eagles and the 2-7 and Giants. Take it away, Brennan. So the NFC East is the worst division in football. The Giants are 2-7. and The Cowboys are also 2-7. and the Washington football team is two and five, two and six, thanks. Um, and the Eagles lead the division at three and four and one. So pretty sad overall, but I think the Eagles have a good path to hopefully achieve a winning record. It all starts with, with the Giants, who they just barely beat last time uh, in a Thursday night game. Uh, the Eagles' main their main problem over the years has been staying healthy, and they're finally starting to get healthy. Miles Sanders, their really good running back, is officially back, as well as Alshon Jeffrey, who's been out almost the entire year. So I would look for the offense to, to score even more points than they did last time. The Eagles have a really good defensive line, so I'm sure that it will create constant pressure and constant sacks off Daniel Jones, and I'm sure they'll force a fumble as well, as he always seems to do. I think that the Eagles will win this game, and I think it'll be a bit more one-sided than it was the last time. Moving right along to the 1-7 Jaguars going into Lambeau to take on the 6-2 and two Packers, and this seems like a mismatch on paper. Sure is. I would even consider it to be the lock of the week. Uh, the Jaguars somehow beat the Colts week one, and that's their only win. They started off 1-0, and now they're on a seven-game losing streak. Um, it's just all gone downhill. I'm surprised uh, head coach Doug Marone and general manager Dave Caldwell weren't fired after last year after two seasons in a row of disappointment following the AFC championship game in 2017, but that's definitely on track to happen this year. Gardner Minshew, there were a lot of questions about whether he could be the franchise quarterback of this team. So far, I would say the answer is no. The roster is to blame as well, but he's been out for the past couple of games, including this one, and there have been issues with turnovers. So now it's rookie quarterback Jake Luton's turn to play for the second week in a row, but they'll have to do it behind a pretty shaky offensive line, uh, and wide rookie wide receiver LaVisca Chenault is out, so that they're down weapons there. Um, this defense has been really bad this year, giving up 30 points almost constantly, so that will not be, that will not be good heading into Lambeau Field to play the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers will have, Aaron Rodgers and, Aaron Rodgers and this offense will have a great day, and the defense should prevent the Jaguars from scoring many, many points. So did I hear this correctly? This is your lock of the week with the Packers? Yep. All right. Let's go up to Detroit where we have the 2-6 and six Washington football team against the 3-5 and five Lions. I think that the Lions will win this one. There was some optimism following the um, their 3-3 three and three start. But then it all crashed with a blowout loss to the Colts. And now, now they've lost again to the Vikings. Um, wide receiver Kenny Galladay is out of this game, and tight end TJ Hawkinson is questionable. The Washington football team has really struggled on offense recently, and they keep switching up their quarterback um, room. First it was Dwayne Haskins, and they pulled him for Kyle Allen, and now they go with Alex Smith, who will be the likely the starter for the rest of the season, barring another injury to him. I think that the Lions will win. The defense hasn't been very good, but the Washington football team is, has really struggled to put points on the 
four this year, so I think the Lions will win this at home. Going up to Cleveland, where the two and six Texans will come in to try to take off or knock off the five and three Browns. I don't think they'll be knocking off the Browns. Running back David Johnson is out with a concussion if they step on IR, as a matter of fact. Uh, the defense has just struggled all year, as has the offensive line somewhat. Guard Senio Calamete is out as well, also with a concussion, I believe. So I think the offensive line will have their hands full. Um, they might be able to do some damage in the air, but their defense will, I think, will struggle to contain the Browns' offense. I learned that they had, from the NFL app, that they had the Texans have the worst rushing defense in the league, and that's not good news for them at all because the Browns activated Nick Chubb, their great running back off of IR. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are probably the best running back tandem in this league, so I think that they'll wreak havoc, and I think that the Browns will win. Heading down to Carolina, where the 6-3 and three Bucks will be taking on the 3-6 and six Panthers. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? So last time we saw the Buccaneers, that was we saw them lose terribly to the New Orleans Saints, where they lost 38 to three. The, the defense was the defense had mainly been playing pretty good all year, but reverted back to how they've been playing over the past couple of years. Couldn't stop the Saints at all. Couldn't really get pressure at all whatsoever. And the offense, uh, Antonio Brown was back from an eight-game suspension. People thought the Buccaneers would be lighting up the scoreboard, but they only played three points. It was just pathetic, but everyone was trying. I was of the mindset of being concerned, but then people on like NFL Network and the like were saying that we should we should all calm down. It was just one game, and now after reconsidering, I think I'll agree with that too. Everyone has one bad game, so I guess that was it for the Buccaneers. Um, heading up into that game, many people were of the mind that this was the best-looking team in the NFC, and I think I was there. Overall, there still is a lot of talent, and I, I still will believe, um, but it'll have to get back on track this week. I think that will happen against the Panthers. The Panthers just activated Christian McCaffrey off of IR. Now he's out with a shoulder injury, and their tackle Russell Okum is also out. The last time they lost to the Saints, the Buccaneers in week one, they went to play the Panthers and they took their anger out on them. So I think they'll take their anger out on them again. So I think they'll, they'll take out the Panthers. They'll take care of the Panthers, but then they have two consecutive home games against the Rams and Chiefs. And that will really tell us what this team is made out of. I still, I think this team can handle the challenges. I still think this team can be in the playoffs and I think they could have the chance to go deep, but they should just hope they don't run into the Saints again because I think they've proven that they can't beat them. So we're going with the Bucks in this game, to be clear. Yes. All right, that does it for the 1 o'clock games. Uh, our first 4 o'clock game that we'll talk about, we have uh, two really good-looking rookie quarterbacks going up against each other, the 2-6 and six Chargers at the surprisingly 5-3 and three Dolphins. Yes, no one could have foreseen the Dolphins be 5-3, and three, but it's all coming together in Brian Flores' second year as head coach. Rookie quarterback Tua Tungavailoa um, shocked pretty much everybody by beating the Cardinals on the road, which no one thought they could do. And before, the week before that, they beat the Rams in, in Tua's first ever start. 
although he was mainly helped by the defense in that game. So I picked against the Dolph- the Dolphins in Tua Tungabello's first two starts, and uh, I've paid the price because they've won both matchups. The Chargers have really seemingly lost every game in heartbreaking fashion, but Justin Herbert is, has been very impressive this season. I think he is might be he might be the leading candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Some injury concerns on both sides. Dolphins wide receiver Preston Williams is out. They placed him on IR, as a matter of fact. And the Chargers' best pass rusher, Joey Bosa, is also out of this game. I think that the Dolphins have a superior defense. I think that they have the the better roster right now. I think that the Dolphins will keep the train rolling. Divisional matchup. Three and five Broncos at the five and three Raiders in Las Vegas. What do we think? The Broncos really have been up and down this season. I still don't know what to think of Drew Locke. I think inconsistencies might be a problem. He led an epic comeback against the Chargers, and then lays an egg against the Falcons. This team has several highs and lows. They're a little inconsistent, but injuries are also to blame, taking away a lot of their key players. The Raiders are five and three. Their most impressive win was a couple of weeks ago when they beat Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um, there's still a, a lot of games, a couple of games behind the Chiefs in the division, though. So even though they beat them, I still think the Chiefs are the best-looking team in that division. But I think the Raiders are on track to reach the wild card. Um, I think the Raiders just play with more consistency, and the fact that they're at home, I think they'll take care of business. Let's. Uh, the last time we saw the Buffalo Bills, boy, were they looking good, and they come into. Arizona looking to knock off the Cardinals. The Bills come in at seven and two. Cardinals at five and three. What do you think here? Um, I think I like the Bills here. Um, I re- the Cardinals have been playing really good this season. The last time we saw them before that Dolphins game, they took down the mighty Seahawks. They were undefeated at the time. They won a wild shootout overtime thriller. And then I thought we all. I think I think, I think we all thought they would take care of the Dolphins and with a rookie quarterback making his first, making his second career start. But no, they weren't able to. Uh, the main, I think their main downfall was a Kyler Murray fumble that was returned for a touchdown, which gave the Dolphins seven points that they shouldn't have. That came back to bite them later. And their defense really couldn't stop Tua Tungavailoa. As a matter of fact, they really couldn't stop Russell Wilson too, a couple of weeks before. So, I think I'm getting a little concerned about the Cardinals. The offense is great, but the defense has really struggled this in the in these past couple of games after a pretty good start. Defensive tackles Lecky Fotu and Jordan Phillips are both out. In offensive, one of their offensive linemen, Justin Murray, is out, which doesn't bode well on both sides of the ball because they won't be able to have a really good pass rush against the Bills, and I don't think they'll be able to handle the Bills' pass rush. So this Cardinals defense has been really struggling. Um, I would say it's about equal, maybe a little better, than the Seahawks defense, who the Bills shredded last week to 44 points. Um, I think that the Bills could very well score 40 again here. Um, and I think that the defense will do enough to contain Kyler Murray. I think it has the potential to be fun, uh, but I think the Bills will prevail in the end. Okay, let's head on down to New Orleans, where we have the four and five 49ers taking on the six and two Saints. 
So last time we saw we saw the Saints. They destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-3. Um, health's been a problem for them all year. They've been without Michael Thomas uh, for almost half of the season. And Emmanuel Sanders had been placed on the reserve list. And they kept um, having impressive win over impressive win, working with wide receivers that Drew Brees has really not had much experience with. They've just been able to barely squeeze by the past couple of weeks, but you see how special this team can be when they're fully healthy. And I mean, that game was, it was horrifying. It was horrifying to see the Buccaneers play so badly on both sides of the ball. And it was horrifying to see like the Saints just destroy this team from the start, from start to finish. That game was over by halftime. So when you look at that, I now think that the Saints are the best team in the NFC. There's been a lot of discussion over who that would be, but I think it is this team. And if they did that to the Buccaneers, they have a very injured 49ers team that is pretty that is without pretty much almost every starter that um, made them so special last year and were able to beat them on the road when it mattered the most last year in the fight for the number one seed, which the 49ers ultimately got. Right now, the Saints are the number one seed, and I think they'll be holding on to it for a very long time. I think the Saints will crush this, this injury. Um, build 49ers team. Right, we've talked about the Rams and the Seahawks when we were reviewing the earlier games, but uh, here they are against each other. The 6-2 and two Seahawks going into L.A. to take on the 5-3 and three Rams. So the Rams had their bye week last week. The two, last time we saw them, they played the Dolphins and lost to Tua Tungavailoa in his first ever NFL start. The defense was mainly the reason why the Dolphins won that game. They had the Rams had four turnovers all in the first half, two interceptions and two fumbles, one of which was returned for a touchdown. And the offense was just out of sync. Um, but the Rams have had tremendous success against the Seahawks just in terms of scoring points and winning. They've won four of their last five against this team. Um, the Seahawks, last time we saw them, they lost to the Bills. 44 to 34. The 44 points were the most points allowed in the Pete Carroll era. We thought that people thought that trading for a long time Bengals defensive end Carlos Dunlap, coupled with the return of safety Jamal Adams, who they gave up two first round picks to the New York Jets for, would, would help things, but it apparently only made them even worse. They're, the Seahawks have been dealing with injuries the past couple of weeks. Now they have to contend with them again. Their main cornerback, Shaquille Griffin, is out. Their center, Ethan Posick, is out. And their two main running backs, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, are all out again. One thing I've noticed this year, which is a little weird, is how teams will sign veterans who have been in this league for a long time to their practice squad and not the active roster. I don't really get it. So the Seahawks have called up two players from the practice squad to the active roster, former Ravens running back Alex Collins, who was a pretty good player a couple of years ago, who I think can maybe still be, although yeah, I don't think he's been on the field for a long time. And they activated defensive tackle Damon Harrison as well, who is a pretty solid player as well. Um, when I, I feel like when I pick against the Seahawks, it usually comes back to bite me, even though I don't do it very much. Russell Wilson has been playing like the MVP. He did have four turnovers in that loss versus the Bills, two interceptions and two fumbles, and they still nearly won. So 
if, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they can they can they can beat teams. So I think that they have reviewed the tape. They know they can't turn it over a million times, especially because their defense is so bad. Um, I think that they should look to bounce back. Okay, another divisional battle. We have the two five and one Bengals at the eight and zero Steelers, and I've been seeing a lot of talk about the Steelers possibly being the worst eight and zero team of all time. I don't know where you heard that. Um, I don't think so at all. I think this. I think clearly this looks like the best team in the NFL to me. Um, the offense, it's been pretty good. They have a really good running back in James Conner. They have perhaps the deepest wide receiver core in the Ben Roethlisberger era, and they have some nice, talented tight ends and Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. And this might be the best defense in the Mike Tomlin era as well. And I think that now um, this team will have a very easy day against the Bengals. Um, the Bengals just haven't been able to beat the Steelers for a long time. Joe Burrow has played impressive, but the last time he played a really good defense in the Ravens defense, he just struggled very hard. A lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers, and even a defensive touchdown caused by a fumble from one of his wide receivers. Um, I think there will be brighter days ahead for Joe Burrow and this Bengals team, but I think they will be in for a very rough day. I think the talk about the Steelers being the worst 8-0 team of all time has to do with the fact that it took them, uh, that they barely got past a very bad Cowboys team last week. I guess, but I say a win is a win. And are we uh, concerned at all about uh, Roethlisberger's injuries going into this week? Nope. Mike Tomlin says he's all good. Okay. Let's take it up to New England, where we have the 6-2 and two Ravens to take on the 3-5 and five Patriots. I remember these two teams met on, on Sunday Night Football last year. It was when Tom Brady was still there. They were 8-0 heading into that game. And the Ravens took them down. It was even a bit one-sided at the end. They just couldn't contain Lamar Jackson. As a matter of fact, no one really can. Um, last time we saw the Patriots, they just barely squeaked by the 0-8 Jets. It really is the worst-looking Patriots team, I think, in the Bill Belichick era. But a lot of it has to do with injuries, opt-outs, and just plain lack of talent. Um, the Ravens have everything that the Jets don't. Um, they have a franchise quarterback. They have a really great room of running backs. Wide receivers, it's a decent group. Um, a really great tight end group. Great offensive line. Pass rushers that can get after the quarterback. Good linebackers and a great secondary. They've forced a turnover in almost every game this season. I think that'll happen again. Bill Belichick has... Almost all defenses struggle with a mobile quarterback, and Bill Belichick's defense has struggled to do, to do that this season. They've lost to Russell Wilson, they've lost to Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen, who Belichick will meet later again this year. And I think that this this was a one-sided game last year when Tom Brady was there and they were undefeated. Now they're a, now they're a, a substantially worse team, and I think it could be a blowout again. So we're going with the Ravens in a blowout. I think so. Let's head up to Monday night, uh, 
the NFC North, we've got two teams on two opposite trajectories. We've got the three and five Vikings, who all of a sudden are playing very well, and the five and four Bears, who uh, their offense is like Valium in, in a bottle. Yeah, I really hate watching the Bears. They're just so hard to watch. The offense is just unwatchable. They just go three and out and three and out and punt and punt and punt and the occasional turnover. Defense really is one of the better units in the league, in my opinion, but they're, they're, they're just on the field all the time. So eventually give up big plays and that's how they lose. They just are on, they're just not capable of having a good offense. Now, the offensive line is to blame. Um, neither Nick Mitchell Trubisky nor Nick Foles looks like the long-term answer. And Matt Nagy's play calling is to blame. But on the on the potentially positive side, Matt Nagy has officially handed play calling duties to Bill Lazor, who I believe is their offensive coordinator. But I don't think um, no matter who's calling plays, there just isn't much to work with, especially considering David Montgomery is out with a concussion. He's their main running back. Um, the Vikings defense, it does struggle to rush the passer, and a lot of there's a lot of young, inexperienced cornerbacks, but I think in terms of preventing um, opposing, offenses from, opposing offenses from scoring points, which has been hard for them to do this season a little, I think this is their easiest assignment of the year. Mike Zimmer has struggled with Matt Nagy. He hasn't been able to get a single win against him as head coach, but now I think is the time. I think it'll be a defensive slog, but I think the Vikings will prevail in the end. There you have it, everybody. That's the Week 10 analysis on NFL Insights with Brennan. We thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. Please don't forget to visit us at anchor.fm, and you can send us a voicemail, and Brennan will feature it on the show. And we love having you. Thanks so much, everybody.